Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Balance podcast. You're here with your co-hosts, I'm Mira, and I've got Denise with me. We're here to help you all understand all about your mind, your brain, and your body, and how all these three things are interlinked. I, Mira, have a background in neuroscience, and I specialize in nutrition to support mental well-being. Denise is a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist who spends a lot of time thinking about how people can improve their sleep habits and also change their habits for a better lifestyle. So we're here on a journey with you to understanding how your brain works, how your mind operates and how they're connected to your body. We're on this journey with you and we're discovering things all along the way. And today I'm very excited because we're going to be talking about a hugely important topic that's not often discussed in the depths mm-hmm. that it should be. And the topic is resilience. Yes. So you might have seen the name. The name for today is R for resilience. Mm-hmm. R is for resilience. And welcome to this episode. We all need this episode, I believe. Um, not just us, the two of us, but everybody. And I would like to kick it off by thinking and speaking about what does it mean to be resilient? Mm. What do you think, Mira? Yeah, it's. I, I think I call it the bounce back. Bounce back. The mm. bounce back ability. Mm. How how bounceable are you is, is probably the way that I would put it. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining somebody going up and down on a trampoline. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> I was I don't know why, I just imagine like I'd become a beach ball or something. But yeah, I think it's about your ability to face how well you face adversity and not let it you know, not allow it to make you back mm. down. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because according to the American uh, Psychological Association, mm-hmm. the definition they give it is resilience is the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences. Mm. And so in a way, yes, we can say it is the bounce back that uh, Mira just pointed. But also I wanted to uh, mention something that has been uh, proven time and time again, that resilience is actually a learned behavior or a learned trait. It's not a personality thing that some people have and some don't. We can all learn to be resilient. Oh, totally. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about exactly how you can do that from our respective professions Mm. um yeah so i absolutely agree that it's something that you can learn it's not necessarily something that you're born with no no i don't think uh, there is any child out there that gets born and in the first few months of life is like boy i have a resilient child yeah (laughs) it's it's not something that we are necessarily born with is is something that we can build upon and we can improve just like we improve uh with confidence for example not everybody's 100 percent confident but that doesn't mean they don't um, they're not able to develop the confidence as a, as a skill and becoming their, you know, second nature. Mm. It takes time, obviously. It takes a little bit of work, but practice, 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 and you're there. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So from a, a psychological point of view, resilience is this capacity to recover quickly mm-hmm. from difficulties. And it sometimes people um, see it as toughness, but not in the sense that you are a tough cookie, in the sense that you've been going through a lot in your life. You have different life experiences, maybe some of them traumatic, maybe not. And then you have the ability to recover from them. So let's say, for example, 
you have somebody in your group who has been made redundant. Yeah. Right. And the first time you have been made redundant, and I, I speak from past experience as well, it's quite shocking. You don't know what to do with yourself. Mm. You're a little bit in a, woo. so I had a job and, and now I don't have it and now I have to leave and what do I do with myself? Mm. And you get a little bit overwhelmed and it's quite normal to be a little bit uh, anxious, depressed. Where, where's my next, next paycheck coming from? And all of the above. Yeah. However, if you speak to somebody who has gone through this uh, exercise more than once, if it happens to them again, let's say a third time, you will see that they have the ability to bounce back much quicker. Yeah. So they will still be affected by it, of course. They will still have a period of, oh my God, this was, you know, life changing. Mm. But if first time it took them, let's say two weeks, second time maybe it took them a week, now it can take them a couple of days. And yeah. then they are full on into, you know, problem solving mode and they know what to do and which actions to take. That's a simple way of looking at resilience, I, w I would say. And I, I would I would say resilience is bending but not breaking. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. So if we are like a little, how can I put it? If we are like a branch, we bend, we move in the wind and we can see when times are tough or times are, you know, better. But then when it is uh, coming down to those moments of... Um, critical circumstances you don't bend as a branch you, you just are able to bend sorry let me say that again but when it comes to those moments of of uh, you know critical situations you don't break as a um, you don't snap a, yeah a you don't exactly yeah. you don't snap you are able to bend and come back into your uh, original shape so yeah, to say exactly you know? and the other thing that I wanted to mention, and maybe we just do this at the end, is that there are definite skills that you can work upon and, and build your resilience and make yourself more resilient. And before we do that, and I know Mira has a lot of uh, information to share from... from Denise is looking at my notes with a lot of hesitation. Uh, but don't worry, I'm going to make it as short, as sappy as possible. No, 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 I, it's, it's fine. We, we need the information and we people need to speak about this subject more and understand it a little bit more. But what I'm trying to say is that towards the end, let's just come back to what are the skills mm -hmm. that A, you can um, use to identify a resilient person in your life yep. and maybe learn from them and B, the skills that you can work upon yourself in order to become more resilient. So just as a, a summary, a very, very short summary, Resilience is coping and recovering from setbacks. Yeah. It's, it's not such so much as a, you know, unattainable uh, personality trait that some people have and some don't. Mm. All of us can become more resilient. Absolutely all of us. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Denise. So um, it is what's interesting about the concept of resilience is that it's actually more complex than we think it than you might think it is. You might put it down to just, uh, as we've already kind of myth busted, that it's a personality trait, but there's actually a lot more to resilience than that. So, you know, you can even go down to a molecular level in the sense of you can look at someone's DNA and depending on what genes um, they have, what type of genes in the same category they have, because we all have slightly different variations on mm. all the genes that we share. So depending on the variation, you may find that people, they may make more neurotransmitters than others. And as a result, that affects your mood and therefore how you respond to situations. 
your environment, um, whether that's the physical environment or the psychological environment you're brought up in, that can affect how your genes get expressed, which therefore affects your 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 brain chemistry, and as a result, it affects your reactions to things. And then there's obviously the more psychological, like sort of elements of support, whether you're optimistic, whether you practice mindfulness, have strong. Um, kind of moral compass that's aligned with what you Mm. believe to be ethical all these things factor into resilience but what I kind of focused on a bit uh, in terms of what I was reading about in preparation for this episode is more about well what are the brain chemicals behind resilience and how can we improve how those brain chemicals work that help make us resilient so I'm going to try and cover these off pretty quickly, but luckily some of them I have mentioned before, so they won't be completely alien terms. However, this one is is a new molecule, and this one is called neuropeptide Y. Now, this is a very useful uh, um, uh, molecule that essentially helps to reduce anxiety and that also counteracts the release of stress hormones. So animal studies have shown that that animals with PTSD-like behaviours, so PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder, um, they tend to show reduced activity of this neuropeptide Y. Now, how can you increase it? Well, you can increase it through exercise and exercise comes up again and again as a really useful tool that you might not have thought of that promotes um, resilience. Mm. Uh, Exposure to certain temperatures, so exposure to the cold, heat stress, like going in the sauna, for example, all of these help to build your your, uh, reserve of neuropeptide Y, which makes it really useful for reducing your stress and anxiety levels that mean you then cope with adversity that much better. Oh, cool. So, so there is a purpose to the madness of being oh, in the sauna absolutely. and then jumping in a cold water. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Ah. Um, cortisol, we know, mediates the stress responses about what we can do to get that back down. And um, we've talked about cortisol in a previous episode, I know for sure. Yes, um, multiple so, times, I yeah, think. So definitely refer back to earlier episodes because I talk about it a lot then. So I'm going to kind of that's there that's always going to be there so it's just about ways that you moderate your stress in general that will help lower your cortisol levels the other important ones are um, noradrenaline and dopamine these tend to be released particularly well noradrenaline in particular is released as a result of stress um, and they and having a really strong um, response of noradrenaline in stress means that we tend to have more fear and anxiety also people that have less dopamine and remember dopamine is that molecule that a neurotransmitter that's highly involved in reward um has has been found to be lower the activity of it is lower in people that are less resilient and people that display more ptsd like symptoms um, now, similarly, I'm going to cl- cl- um, group these all together is serotonin. So serotonin, we know, has a massive, massive role in our mood and low serotonin has been implicated in depression and anxiety. So with stress, we find that um, there's more serotonin ter- turnovers that's kind of been used, but also then been taken away. So, so we don't have a lot in circulation, which could be increasing our sense of anxiety. Now, improving all of these tends to involve the same kinds of things that we often, particularly I, talk about. So things like having a good diet, exercising, managing your stress levels, getting enough sleep, exposure to bright light when you can. And in the winter, if, if you find that winter particularly affects you, having a, a, a sad lamp, uh, which is basically mimic sunlight. Um, massage can help increase um, dopamine and serotonin. Doing thinking and doing positive things and and also social connections so 
the point of all of that is that you have these different um, chemicals that are running through your brain that basically can improve and how you respond to stress so that you don't have such an elevated response. And when you don't have such an elevated response of fear and anxiety, it helps you deal with your stresses that much better. Um, BDNF. So earlier, in, Denise was talking about the fact that you can. This is a learned skill, mm. and how you how your brain processes that learning is through a molecule called BDNF. So brain derived neurotrophic factor. If you're interested, is what it stands for. Um, it supports basically the growth of new neurons when you're a baby, and and maintaining and improving uh, connections between your brain cells. Because what happens is there's a saying in neuroscience: is what fires together wires together. And basically, when your brain cells fire um, in sequence and together, it basically enhances the connection between those two cells, and that's what enhances your learning, and that's what actually promotes learning and memory. So. It's thought that with um, that BDNF actually decreases with stress, but actually is massively important for resilience, for for adapting to stress. And it also helps to prevent depression. So how can you increase BDNF? Again, exercise, reducing calories, for example, uh, through intermittent fasting. Um, it's closely linked to estrogen levels. It, it relies on it, enrichment in your environments, for example, like things like puzzles, games, constantly challenging your cognitive um, skill set basically helps improve BDNF because you have to produce more BDNF in order to learn these skills. Mm. Um, all of these can affect BDNF. So actually BDNF is massively, massively important for resilience. Then last but not least, you've also got um, glutamate, GABA and endocannabinoids. So all of these help to um, reduce stress because um, glutamate is, is more excites your neurons, but GABA is the one that calms you right down. Um, and endocannabinoids are also very useful for that sense of you, uh, of joy, of um, kind of um, really positive feelings and also a sense of calm. So both all three of these are widely known to contribute to your stress response and basically a dysregulation. So these not working as optimally as they can, can mean that you are you're less able to adapt to stress and um, to whether that's long term or really short, sharp stresses. So when you think about very lastly, the kind of brain circuits that are involved in um, in your sense of resilience, it really comes down to a couple so number one is your reward circuit. Mm. So I've talked about reward before. So that feeling that you get when you, um, for example, when you perhaps have your favorite meal or you decide to have pudding that day for dinner um, or you grab a piece of chocolate or you win a game, anything like that, that sense of joy that you that you feel is basically your dopamine pathway being activated. I've gone into depth about that pathway, but it basically starts from an area called the ventral tegmental area, which is in the midbrain. Um, your dopamine gets passed along to the nucleus accumbens, which is part of your limbic system, which is massively involved in emotional regulation. And it then goes to further areas like the amygdala, which is massively um, crucial in your fear response. The hippocampus, which is also involved in emotional processing, but also memory and the medial prefrontal cortex. And remember, the prefrontal cortex is basically your rational brain. It's your policing brain. It's the bit that kicks in later mm. that helps you um, think about how you're going to respond before you actually do. So it makes you less impulsive. Now, dopamine, this whole dopamine pathway is really linked to um, not only to your responses to the things that you really like, that, for example, food, sex, drugs of abuse, but abnormalities can mean that you're more likely to be depressed and you're less motivated to do things. 
Now, people that experience depression and PTSD have been found to have a weakened response to reward. So you're just less motivated to go for the things that are rewarding. Now, scientists are unclear about exactly how the reward system uh, contributes to resilience. But the thought process is that if you have a well-functioning reward system, it means that you're more likely to be positive to it and have a, an adaptive response to stress. Mm. And you have a more positive outlook on life in general. Exactly. So then very nicely... So very nicely, that leads me on to the last little bit. So again, um, not only do you need that reward circuit, but you also need to understand um, the neurocircuitry of fear. And essentially, resilience to really severe stress basically depends on that ability to avoid excessive overgeneralized and excessive overgeneralized fear response so that you're able to reconsolidate and get rid of kind of memories and not get rid of them but dampen down the effect of previous memories and things that have evoked a fear response in order for you to then just respond more positively to a challenging situation again these are common areas that i've literally just talked about so the amygdala the hippocampus the medial prefrontal cortex the nucleus accumbens um, all of these that are involved in kind of the reward response are also involved in um, the neurocircuitry of fear. So essentially, you know, um, for people that have PTSD, they tend to have exaggerated activity of the amygdala, which is a very key area in the middle of your brain that basically is your fear, controls your fear response and is a massive role in, in how your emotions sort of play out. Um, reduce activation of that prefrontal cortex which can't help you think through mm. um, a situation and come to a more sort of rational um, conclusion about a challenging situation or just generally what's going on in your environment and also if you if you're not able to learn um, more easily because for example your BDNF is down BDNF is very important for a process that we call neuroplasticity, which is your brain's ability to adapt to new experiences and to learn. And so if you're not able to learn, you're not able to know that um, it gets more difficult that when you encounter a stressful situation to know that you can actually cope with it because mm -hmm, you've not learned mm -hmm. from your previous experiences of how you can. And, you're, and it makes you less able to adapt to the situation at hand because your brain's not able to mold to the experiences it, it's having. So it's very important, therefore, that we kind of, you know, modulate our, we improve neuroplasticity and we set ourselves up so that we don't have such an exaggerated fear response. And the ways that we do that are classic. So making sure that we have a healthy diet so that we're less likely to be evoking um, uh, metabolic stress, for example, mm, with mm. Uh, and therefore causing more anxiety and more depression, which then means when you have a difficult situation, it becomes much more, it becomes, you're, you're so much more sensitized to it, essentially. And it, it may, therefore makes you feel like you can't cope mm -hmm, when actually mm -hmm. you can. Mm -hmm. so just to round all of that out the, the the there are several key areas that and several key neurochemicals that help govern your sense of resilience but what's really important to know is that they can all be regulated and and modulated so that it helps you cope with um, stressful situations and adversity much much better mm -hmm. so the exciting thing is that resilience is absolutely a learned skill and we know that because of neuroplasticity but there are foundational elements in all aspects of your life that will help you become more resilient as a person 
Um, so that's what I'm hoping that you'll take away from all of that. Yeah, no, for sure. And what I wanted to to follow up with, you've you've touched a, a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> They're really really key one in terms of sensitization. So, in um, in hypnotherapy, but not only in general, when we are um, trying to help somebody um, in terms of stress and in terms of fears and phobias, mm -hmm. what we tend to do uh, as therapists and, and psychology, I mean, is that we use a, a, um, something called systemic desensitization, mm. meaning that in my particular case with my clients, I, I tend to practice this in hypnosis and they have different um, scenarios where they would have a response. So let's take an easy one. Let's say uh, fear of snakes, just, mm. as, uh, just as an easy example. But this is a so much applied to many, many areas. And you have, okay... When the snake is in your lap, you're terrified. When the snake is 3,000 miles away, it's obviously you, you're not really worried. <laughs> so in order for you to have a better reaction and a better, so be more resilient to that end, uh, situation when you might meet the snake, mm -hmm. what we do is we practice the exposure in your imagination. Mm. And it goes from the snake being very far away, where you basically, if I ask you how scared are you, you're basically zero, yeah. I'm not afraid at all. Mm. And then we progressively go higher and higher and higher. And then we practice your reaction in that situation. Mm. So we practice many times um, in a session, like, okay, so the snake is two feet away. Yeah. How are you? And then you are practicing how to be okay in the same room with that snake. Mm. And if we take it to stress, because predominantly um, from what we were talking just now, it links to our stress response and the way that we are reacting to our environments and not only. If we practice in advance in our imagination, how is going to be when we get there to do the presentation or to, um, um, God forbid, we lose the job. And if we, if we are ready yeah. in a way in our imagination for that situation, then our resilient with resilience will be so that higher because we are used to it. It's not... It's not a new territory. Yeah. It's like, I'm used to it. Mm. And then the more you are used to different situations, the more you can adapt it in other situations. So you don't have to literally practice all of your experiences in advance because that's not practical or possible. But the more you get exposed and sensitized to different things, yeah. you can you can use it and your resilience grows. And it's it's such a great thing to to see put in, in, in action as... If, um, I'm, de I'm derailing a little bit of conversation, but I had a recent client that was thinking, oh, my God, they were saying, I'm not confident. Therefore, how can I be resilient? Mm. And I was saying, OK, but give me examples of the situation when you're not confident. And then we took that confident, uh, situ sorry, we took that situation where mm. they were not confident and we did this um you know rehearsal mental rehearsal but we also uh, added in the way that they would ideally like to feel act and behave mm -hmm. so we did that and we we practiced it and so on and then i said okay go out in the world and practice this because you do it in your imagination yay great yeah but you also have to do it in, and gather data outside of the therapy room and they came back and they were like my God, I'm so much confident. And I said, so are you resilient? Oh, no, I'm not resilient. 
<laughs> so they were making this association that if they're not confident, they can't be resilient. Got it. Now they became confident, then, but they're not resilient. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so you have to understand that each of these are different skill sets. Yep. And you have to, you know, improve them and so on. They are not necessarily all linked to linked. Mm. So if if you are struggling with your confidence level, that doesn't mean that you're not resilient and the other way around. Yep. And if you, I, I don't know, imagine you have low self-esteem. That doesn't necessarily mean that you you are not a resilient person. Those things. It's a very it's a it's yes. a very wide concept, I yeah. think. And I think um, I know. I suppose if if I think of a resilient person, I suppose I the immediate thing that conjures to my mind only because I'm in this area already is more like entrepreneurs mm. who go through series of failures before they then yeah. eventually reach their state of success. Mm. And I think like that tenacity. I think sometimes for some people feel so unobtainable and so unachievable because because of their confidence or yeah. um you know because of their self esteem but i think it's resilience is so much more of a wider concept than that yeah. it's yeah. um it's about that ability that awareness to kind of look at a situation for what it actually is and again take the micro pause before you respond yeah that's kind of that taking that moment for self-regulation is the act of resilience, whether you're confident or not. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. They are not uh, the, the resilience means so many things, and what we are trying to do today is to give you a whistle-stop tour, as we normally do. And probably in the future episodes, we will we will go a little bit mm. and delve deeper because it it isn't a blanket. Um, a statement to say that uh, you know somebody who has a high confidence is very resilient for yeah. example it doesn't necessarily link no, yes it, it can do it can it of helps course. Massively, it helps yeah. but it, it so that's why it's not a prerequisite exactly it's yeah. not a prerequisite and I'm very glad that you you go down the route of how to identify a resilient person um, and I have a couple of uh, skills here that uh, normally would indicate that you are in the presence of a very resilient oh, person oh god I'm interested now go on so the first one is the one you've just mentioned, literally, mm. self-awareness. Mm. The people who are very self-aware, mm -hmm. and I'm not referring to self-conscious, please don't confuse the two. When you are self-aware, you understand your awareness uh, location-wise, environmental-wise, but also your emotions, your thoughts. You are, you are able to be very aware of yourself. Yeah, That's what I'm referring to here. And those people who are self-aware they understand themselves right that is one of the that's one of the first um uh, skills then the second one mm -hmm. is another one we mentioned many times mindfulness mm. being in the present moment and not confusing the present moment for the past or the future linking back to what you were mentioning about PTSD and those memories and understanding yeah. that what it happens today is a trigger of a past event. It's not the same event happening again. Yeah, It's massive. And mm. you can do that by practicing mindfulness because you are in the present moment. Mm. You understand what is happening now, right this moment. The third one is uh, one very close to both our hearts, I would say, self-care. Mm. You need to care for yourself and you need to prove that to yourself in different acts that you do for yourself. Yeah. We are not going to go down the rabbit hole of taking baths and doing things like that. That can be a form of self-care. Yeah, it definitely has it a goes, place, but it's not the yes, only thing. Exactly. Yeah, it goes yeah, yeah. much deeper than that. And then I have two more and I'm curious if Mira is going to is going to um, guess them. Oh god. They are, they both start with P, the letter P. So oh, what do you think? 
one is with LSP related to resilience perseverance and nearly Pers- persistence uh, yes, you you can you can claim it as go that. On, what, what is it? Purpose. Ah, having a sense of purpose, mm. and that is massively as you were saying to the uh, about the entrepreneurs, right? That mm. they become quite resilient because they have this sense of purpose of where they're going. Yeah, and it's like I I need to get there, and they're like, okay, one pitfall, okay, fine, I'll do it again. And then another one, okay, yeah. but I still have my purpose, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, you continue. And I think that's a really interesting point because something I read about that actually helps improve resilience, I, I very quickly mentioned was that sense of a moral compass mm. and this a sense of like, what are your ethics? What do you stand for? What makes you you? Yeah. Um, and, and that is a, having that guiding principle, I think re- like really, and having that sense of purpose is very important for you to ground yourself in when you're faced in tough situations. Absolutely. Mm. That's it. I will give you a very interesting piece of advice that I was given uh, not too long ago. Mm. And they, uh, somebody was asking me, what's your why? Now, we all have a why in different ways, yeah. right? And where, if you've ever studied marketing or if you are a marketeer, Hello to you. Besides that, you probably have heard about the why. (laughs) So it's not about what you stand for. It's more about why do you do the things you do as a brand or as an individual, right? Mm. And this piece of advice that I was given was your why is not the financial gain or the fact that you do this because you want to be a millionaire or it's not an external factor. Mm. Your why is the reason why you are going to wake up in the morning from your bed and do what you do even when you hate it. Mm. Because there will be days when you, you know, doing something that you love. Let's take an entrepreneur and you are building your business or you're building your company. And there are days when you absolutely hate it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't run the way you want it to. And your why is that is going to get you out of your bed is not mm. the one that, oh, I have a financial target of 100K. Yeah. Your why is going to be you're very, very deep, meaningful and very emotionally charged. Mm. So I'm assuming that your why, Mira, is that you want to help people. Yes, to absolutely. Have, to have a better relationship with food yep. and to have a much better, you know, cognitive performance yeah yeah definitely through uh, nutrition right Mm -hmm. so probably that is one of the key things that takes you out of bed i would assume yep yeah yeah for me it's 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 very uh similar in a way the reason why i wake up on those days when i don't want to wake up is because i i know there are souls out there that are struggling with sleep and stress and they are thinking oh my god what am i going to do and they're overwhelmed and Yes, there are other people out there to help them, but I do believe there is a place for me to help them mm. too. So that is my my why. And mm. that is, again, the purpose, the sense of purpose, right? Mm. And the last P on the list, you've mentioned it a couple of times, and I was quite surprised you did because I wasn't really thinking about that from a neuroscientific point of view. Positive relationships. Mm, okay. So we all have relationships. Mm-hmm. How many of them are toxic? How many of them are helpful? And how many of them are positive? Yeah. So have a, have a quest for yourself and see where you are on your uh, relationships and where, where you find yourself. Yeah. 
these are the top five. There are many other skills that will, you know, help build that resilience up for you. But I would say keep in mind the self-awareness, the mindfulness. So be aware, be in the now, look after yourself, the self-care. Have this sense of why or your purpose, mm -hmm. why you're doing things, why you are, I don't know, getting out of bed. What is your why? And your positive relationships. Mm. Lean on those yeah. in order to better drive your resilience up. And I think that's actually a very important point because I was thinking about this uh, in the course of the episode. I don't think resilience is... It's important to get away from this resilience of like resilience means that you never lean on anyone else for support. It's actually very, very different. Resilience yes. is about knowing when you need social support and seeking it out when you Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Um, so it's not about it's not about that you have to fix or solve your whole life by yourself. That's not what it's about. No. And actually, I'm so glad you pointed this out. Guys, listen very carefully. Having that hyper-independence desire that you're going to fix it by yourself, you're going to do it by yourself, you can't lean on anybody else, and you you have to be just you, yourself, and yourself. Mm. That hyper-independence, I'm sorry to tell you, but that is a coping mechanism from something that went wrong somewhere in the past. Mm -hmm. It could have been because of a traumatic event. It could have been from you know, um, your exactly or, and your yeah. upbringing and the way that your parents may not have been emotionally available for you when you were a child. Mm. But that reaction and that uh, sense of pride that I'm super independent, yeah. literally all the time, and you don't ask anybody for help because you are this super powerful human. Mm. Yeah, that's a trauma response. Mm. in Most cases, yeah. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. It's it's not a, a, a badge of honor as such. It's a coping mechanism. It's a fantastic coping mechanism mm. because it helped you at that moment in time. Yeah. And there is no reason to down, downplay it. It helped you, you know, your body wants to keep you alive. Your mind wants to do the same. So you coped with the yeah. situation in the best way possible and you became hyper-independent. Yeah. But you don't have to continue to be like that. We are no, all grown-ups now. <laughs> we yeah, know better. True. And, and you know, a lot of... Um, you know, your sense of fulfillment comes from having those positive social relationships. And we're oh, kind of yes. built to live in communities as opposed to very individually, I think. Yeah, we're a social animal. Mm. We, we still are. Yeah, absolutely. Even with the, all of the crazy COVID times that we've lived through, how many of us didn't want to reach out to each and every person we knew just to see them on FaceTime? Yeah. It's just we weren't able to be in the same room, but we definitely wanted that connection. Yeah. And we were sticking it. And I think we, we pinpointed to this last one. And I just wanted to mention it before we wrap up. And it goes hand in hand with your ethics and morals. It's accountability. Hmm. And that is another great skill to, to have in your, in your toolbox. And be accountable and hold yourself accountable and others for the things that you, you know, you set up to do or others. And you just... You have to be accountable. Yeah. Don't, don't escape accountability. Yeah, no, definitely. Because otherwise there's no driver for you to try and move forward and face the adversity and kind of move on. It gets, I suppose, a bit easier to, if you didn't have accountability, to just in a way accept what is or kind of lie down and not do anything about it. And I think that plus your, you know, your moral compass really helps to kind of give you that drive to keep going in difficult times. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else on my list 
before uh, we wrap up. Um, so I think the other things that just to echo kind of what Denise said is, is, um, you know, it's, it's clear that, that, that resilience is a skill that is, is starts to be developed before you're even born because it depends on your neurochemistry. It depends on your previous life experiences, but it is a skill as Denise and I both said that can be learned. Sometimes um, being an optimistic really helps. And I suppose mm. this is what really works for entrepreneurs as well, because, you have to be so optimistic that what you're doing is the right thing and that you're building the right product and that this is going to make people's lives better in whatever way that your product works. So having mm. a sense of optimism is super, super important. Um, also that ability in terms of the self-awareness, they, as Denise will probably know, they call it cognitive reappraisal where yeah. you're able to monitor and see your negative thoughts for what they are as just thoughts and replace them with more positive ones. This is where working with a professional can be so helpful. Absolutely. And that falls also with the system of beliefs because what what we were just mentioning a second ago about optimism, it goes hand in hand with the um, positive system of beliefs where you believe in what you were doing and you actually have this internal core belief that, yes, I'm 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 doing the right thing. Yeah, that goes a long way versus having a belief that, eh, why am I even struggling? It's never gonna work. Yeah, and and you know, to Denise's point earlier, there's this element of sort of active coping. So actually doing things that are gonna help you feel better, and that doesn't have to be like super productive things. They can be knowing when you need to like take a step back and just rest, or rely on your family and friends to support you in a difficult time, or. Um, you know, go out and find a mentor or join a support, whatever it is it looks like for you, this actual doing something about it is is a very important part of resilience and very, very key to it. And, and it very much goes back to the accountability piece that Denise was just talking about. Also, what can really help is humor. It oh, can just yes. help alleviate the tension that you're feeling. Um, so some people find, whether it's watching a funny video, whether it's talking about your situation or whatever adversity is and poking fun at it, although obviously there's always a line to kind of balance, but it can be really, really helpful um, in terms of just cutting down the tension. Again, exercise can be really helpful, but so can um, displaying more pro-social behavior. So helping people can be a really great way of just alleviating your stress, taking out the situation, Mm. giving you a sense of control back, um and helping you just build up your your skills in resilience and those are kind of like the yeah the key things for me that actually point to resilience but i think i think it's important to say why why we're so hot on it because in terms of this podcast because i think we we talk about resilience a lot but kind of not mention it directly mm. and resilience is particularly important when you're trying to make lifestyle changes that feel really difficult, um, you know, and they don't have to be super drastic, but just the changes can be a bit of a challenge. And so resilience, the reason it's so hot on it is because I think in particular, when you're starting to find those changes really tough or, um, you know, it's not happening in the way that you would like or something comes along in life that throws you off balance, resilience is what 
we hope that you'll fall back on and that will still propel you to go forward, Mm -hmm. which is why we're so keen to talk to you about resilience today because we'll all have moments in life where things fall by the wayside. I've definitely gone through a period of that um, where I've just had to let things go and know that I'll pick them up, you know, my more healthier behaviours a little bit later, which I've started doing today. Um, So that's why I think from, at least from my perspective, why I thought it's important to actually dedicate a whole episode to this. Um, I don't know how, if you wanted to add anything else, Denise, about um, why it matters so much for us. I think why it matters for us is because it, in simple terms, it makes us better humans. Mm. It helps us enjoy our lives better. Mm-hmm. It helps us have a more realistic, but also idealistic view of our lives. Yeah. And it helps us drive forward. Because if you think about people who are struggling with depression, with generalized anxiety disorders or other things, mm. if resilience comes in the door for those, they it brings hope yeah. as well. So that's what I, I think is so important to, to mention it because in my view, is a promoter of hope mm. because it's like, oh, so I've done this before yeah. in the sense of I've had a difficult situation. Yeah. It didn't break me, mm. right? I might have been lying on my kitchen floor for three hours, mm. but I was able to get up again. Yeah. Therefore, if I have another situation in the future, I'll be able to cope with that. Yeah. So that, again, it helps decrease senses of like anxiety and, and other situation, nervousness, and, you know, it helps build you better for the future Mm. that's how i i see it in simple terms and the other thing that i would say is that being resilient and proving to yourself that you can look after yourself Mm. it also enhances your self-efficacy so you understand that you have this this available at your fingertips that you can feel that you have the efficacy to take the right action at the right time yeah and that again confirms your self-belief and then you will believe better nicer things about yourself yeah and you will talk nicer language to yourself mm-hmm. and it will just propel your life in a in a more positive light yeah. that's why i think resilience is important now before we wrap up We've mentioned this a couple of times and I want to mention it again here because I think it's adequate. Commitment before confidence. Mm. So we don't, we're not going to commit when we are confident about something. No, we are first committing to that something and then we are building confidence, we are building resilience, we are building whatever we want to build. Yeah. Sometimes people feel like, oh, I'm going to commit to going to the gym after I see X, Y, or Z, or after I become confident in gym clothes, or after something, you know? No, 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 we commit first. Yeah. You have a conversation with yourself, and you're like, okay, I want to be more resilient. Mm -hmm. So you make that commitment, and then you build towards it. You don't wait for it to fall from the sky, and then you become committed. Yeah. (laughs) That's the last one I wanted to mention, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely worth thinking about in terms of how resilient, you know, based on some of the characteristics that that um, Denise and I have talked about, is is how resilient do you feel, and what in, and if you look at just at your life in general, about how well are you sleeping, or how long are you sleeping, what's your diet been like in the last few days, just as a snapshot, have you moved your body, um, you know. 
would something like working with a trained professional be beneficial to you to help you improve your resiliency is it about reconnecting with perhaps friends that you've not kept in touch with as much because life got really busy but actually they're great sources of support there are just so many facets to it and so many avenues that you can pursue to kind of you know eventually gain the confidence to know that you can handle these difficult situations even if you don't think like you can at first Mm. um yeah so I think it's a very it's a very learnable skill you will do it by practice you will get the hang of it by practice you will hopefully become more optimistic and you will know that you can trust in your own abilities to rise to whatever difficult situation it is that you face because the fact of the matter is we've all survived 100% of our worst days yeah so what's to say you couldn't hand like obviously god forbid anything happens but who's to say you couldn't handle the next thing that comes in front of you Hmm. Mm. very very good to mention that and if you want a shortcut just practice it in your imagination mm-hmm. um let's 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 do a hypnosis session and uh, let me help you practice it in your imagination and then let's see how it is because yeah. remember your brain doesn't know if it's real if it's imagined yeah <laughs> it just takes it for what it is yeah so practice in your imagination see a th- hypnotherapist if you are into this and if you want to give it a go yeah hit me up let's awesome. see Yeah. And if you need support on the more physical side of, uh, you know, sorting out your health and nutrition so that they're up to scratch so that you're able to deal with the more psychological elements of, of improving resilience. I'm always around too. And uh, Denise and I can always work together Absolutely. And, and, get you, and get you sorted. Yes. That's what we should uh, switch our get logo you sorted. to. Sorted. Get you sorted. That's <laughs> such a London response, isn't it? Uh, yeah. If I've yes. given, if anything's given away my location, it would be that. <laughs> it will be that phrase. Look, guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you about resilience. We hope we, you are very resilient out there, and that you are continuously building that skill. And remember to commit to it before you actually feel resilient. And we are going to speak to you again in our next episode, which is going to be the last episode of this season. So we're getting very close to Christmas, guys. Wow. Hope you've done all of your shopping and you're not leaving it last minute yeah, because that can create anxiety. That's definitely <laughs> going to be me. That, yeah. No, oh, no, I am well prepared, well in advance. Oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yes, I, it's just, I love doing Side note, I like going to the shops to see what else is left yeah. at very discounted rates just before Christmas. Mm. But I don't want to do the massive shopping there because I'm afraid that I won't be able to buy what Got the it. people want. Yeah. Anyway, side note. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, we are going to leave you, uh, love you and leave you. And we are very thankful for the very many downloads and the very many likes and yes. follows and love we received and your feedback is really truly important to us so thank you so much for all of that keep going keep doing it <laughs> give us star rating wherever you wherever you find us and if you have any questions any comments or any ideas for topics that you want us to discuss we are very very open to all of that yeah so just uh, drop us a drop us a message in our instagram or uh, you know comment on one of our posts Um, you know, you can get in touch with Denise and I individually, uh, just me- messaging to our 
uh, info at um, joyfulbalance.com, which is our, a, um, our email address, and you can always get in touch with us there. Um, but we all love you and leave you. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star rating if you, if you can or want to rather um, because just all the feedback really helps other people find the podcast and, and spread the word. Um, but with that, have a, have a great week, everyone, and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.